0: The Nationals just took two of three against the Philadelphia Phillies, and not only did they just win the series, but the young guys, they showed out. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And thank you all for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. As we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day for any sport across the United States. And again, if you're an everyday out there, you know where to find me at Ryan Clary 11 over on Twitter as well. Check out the show page at LO underscore nationals. And on today's show, you may have heard Dylan Cruz, a top five prospect in baseball, number two overall pick in 2023, started off the season in low A Fredericksburg. He's already gotten the bump up to double A. That news came out yesterday. We'll discuss that. And also, someone very prominent said that the Nationals could be setting him up to make his debut in 2023. I got some thoughts on that right there. Also, it's a Monday. It is a National Stock Report Monday as you get your latest on individual performances across this Nationals team. But of course, let's start off with what happened over this weekend. Really the big story here For today's show, outside of Dylan Cruz, the Nationals team, they do not quit. And now when I say that, on Friday night, that game against the Philadelphia Phillies, you all look around. I was there in attendance. You had a little bit of worry in you. You did. In that Friday night game, going up against this Phillies team, listen, it's never an easy out against this team. And it always just kind of feels as if they have our card. But over this last month and what this Nats team has done best, they play up to their opponent. They don't just roll over and not really do that much. This Nationals team is a tough team to beat. And I think a lot of people have kind of started to see that. Because Friday night, Michael Lorenzen, who's been their ace only through two starts, he's been their guy so far over the last month or so. He skipped a start before starting in Friday's night's contest against the Nats. Before that, you may ask, what was his last start? It was the no-hitter up at the bank against the Nationals. Fast forward about a week and a half later, he's in D.C., pitching against this Nationals team, and we took full advantage of Michael Lorenzen, giving up seven runs in his first four innings against this Nationals team. Listen, this is not someone who you just roll over for, and say, yeah, we're good. He's a Cy Young candidate, in my opinion, so far this season. He's just been dominant. When you talk about what Michael Lorenzen has been doing for the Tigers and as well as the Phillies so far, this guy's going to be a big, prominent thing come the postseason, this October. He's probably going to get the ball for them on game one, I would have to imagine at this point. This Phillies team is no joke. So in Friday's contest, when we talk about this team never really giving up, and while you do have a, eh, you're down six nothing, six to one rather in that game as well. kind of it's easy to say, yeah, we're done. But this Nationals team just has that scrappiness. They have that fight in them. It's so weird. It's so resembling of 2019 and what this team did. This is not a World Series contender. I understand that. But you see the good qualities of this team. You see the youth and the impact that these guys are having, and with C.J. Abrams' home run that night as well. What a game-changer. What a complete game-changer C.J. Abrams did in that ball game. Because on Saturday night's game, didn't really do all too much. Sunday, not too much either. But in Saturday's game, we all know what happened. Cordy Abbott came in, you had the lead, and all of a sudden, it's gone. Later that night, he got sent down option to AAA, and they brought up a reinstated Mason Thompson, rather, than the 27th man for that game. And yesterday's contest was Carter Keyboom. Now, yesterday's game, first and foremost, let's talk about the coverage of the Little League World Series because this national scene played on ESPN for what feels like the first time, maybe since 2019, maybe 2021. I can't even remember the last time this team was on Sunday Night Baseball. And the whole concern was, man, this Phillies team, You're in Pennsylvania. It's going to be the home crowd then for them. But also, they're going to get all the national coverage. This Nats team, they're not going to get much coverage when they have Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, JT Real Muto. All those guys who actually are all-star contending players, players who will be playing in October this season, and also part of that National League winning pennant team last year, besides Trey Turner. This team kind of had the juice of it, but kudos to ESPN. They actually gave the Nationals their spotlight on the own, seeing Lane Thomas and C.J. Abrams mic'd up, and really what stuck out to me was C.J. Abrams getting on the mic and really just feeling comfortable, because that's something that we've seen over the year that, and Jesse Docherty pointed this out, I have to add as well, he wasn't really the type to really speak out in interviews. He wasn't really your guy who was going to give you all the answers. He was a little bit shy. And kind of stood in the back. But now as he's gotten more comfortable. As he's getting more productive at the plate. You start to see him blossom a little bit. The 22 year old is kind of growing into his own. As we sit here and watch him every single day. And that is a part of this season. That is so integral for the national success going forward. Is getting C.J. Abrams in that comfort zone spot. And now while it's just an interview. You see it in his play as well. There's no crazy errant throws anymore. Now, while there is every now and then, that's baseball for you. Derek Jeter did the same thing at every now and then. He's not Derek Jeter. You see what I'm saying. But this team is starting to show us something. They're starting to show us that they aren't just a rebuilding team that's going to lose as many games as they can, because that's not baseball anymore. You can't just tank with the Nationals in the position that they've been over the last two years. They can't. The MLB draft and the new CBA has now neglected the old school thinking of just tanking like the Orioles have done. And including myself, I am for that rule. But you see what this Nats team has done. And now you get former first-round pick Carter kiboom who I do want to spend some time to talk about him real quick. Carter Keboom, a lot of people are a little perplexed by this move, you could say, because Carter Keebun, we've seen it a lot of different times that it just really isn't there for. The power potential was never really a thing up in the bigs. The defense was never good. It was never a solid third base over at the hot corner for Keebun. There's a lot of different things that you could point to and say, I don't really like this guy. I don't really like the way he plays. I don't really think that he's going to be part of this future going forward. But on the bright side of this, think of it this way. You always have to know, 100% sure, that this guy, even if he was a not-so-great prospect, like, I don't know, a bottom-of-the-organization type of prospect, like a Jake Alou, who trends toward the back of the top 30, usually. But Carter Keeban was not that. This was a first-round pick. This was someone who the Nationals said, it's all right for Anthony Rendon to walk because we have a top-20 prospect with Carter Keyboom now, a first-round pick out of high school, someone who continuously got better as he continued to progress in the minors. But Keyboom just never really showed it. But you also can't say this. You cannot say that you're 100% sure that Carter Keboom is not the answer for this team. You can't say that just because of the minuscule amount of at-bats that he has had and really the playing time in general that he has had over at third base and as well as the major leagues. Carter Keboom was a former top prospect. At this moment in time, I would love to see this guy play, get some at-bats, and get consistent at-bats. Because something I'm going to point out over in the Nat Stock Report today, someone who's been playing third base has been in a terrible slump as of recently now while he is a good defender and that is a big plus when you're talking about a young pitching staff and Carter Keyboom, that's something that he hasn't really been able to do and especially coming off Tommy John surgery how much is he limited over at that hot corner is he even going to play third base in the big leagues will they just play him at second who really knows at this point but you can't say that you're 100% sure that Carter Keyboom is not a thing that he is not that former top prospect. You have to check every single guy, especially for first-round picks, especially for that. When this Nationals rebuild, it's not going to come overnight, as we've seen. But you have to be able to tell that if you've put all these assets into one guy, speaking of Carter Keboom, then you have to be able to make sure that he's not going to be a guy down the road, someone who's going to help you out. And I think that is an important factor when talking about his playing time. I'll get into what I think about his playing time moving forward and really what the lay of the land should be for Carter Keyboom, because it sounds like he oh he is staying in the big leagues because Jeter Downs was optioned back down to AAA last night. So Keyboom's here to stay. It's just a matter of how much playing time should he get compared to what will he get. We'll discuss that on tomorrow's Locked On Nationals. And of course, thank you guys for making Locked On Nats your first listen every day. Before we get into a national stock report here, I gotta tell you guys about our good friends over at Game Time. And guys, Game Time is simply the best because buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. And Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for the fun that you'll have. Flash deals and last minute tickets are some of my favorite pros about game time because when I look at game time, there's multiple things I look at. One, the quick and easy use of the app. It's just a few clicks away and bam, you have your tickets and as well, my greatest feature for game time is that they have the seat image views that you can see if there's any obstruction and maybe you take a trip up to Wrigley Field. You don't want one of those posts to block your view. Game time can show you all of that and much, much more. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Datlow Gate type today, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now let's get back into it as this Nationals team, still hot, and they're still in the fight. God, I hate saying that. But this Nats team, seriously, in all reality, this team has been exciting. They continue to win and really They just played the Boston Red Sox and the Philadelphia Phillies, winning both those series after we talked about last week what this second-half schedule is going to hold for this team. It's not an easy one, and especially coming up here, you take a trip up to the Bronx, going against the Yankees. I don't care if they suck. It's still going to be a tough series to win. It just is. Playing up in New York, there's a lot on the line, as always. But let's get into a national stock report as we'll start off with a stock up for you-know-who. You-know-who. Catcher, Kiber Ruiz, and what he has done really over the last month and a half now has been out of this world production from Kiber Ruiz. And honestly, this is kind of what we expected. Maybe not to the exact number T here, but when Kiber Ruiz, what we were promised was a power-hitting, switch-hitting catcher, who could get on base, who has great plate discipline, and who also plays great defense. Now, the defensive side of things hasn't really taken a step up from last year, and in fact, it's taken a little bit of a step back. But when you're talking about what he has done at the plate, there's no doubt in my mind that Keybert Ruiz has taken a step up, and it's really over this last month and a half where you're starting to see it click for. He's batting .345 and has a .387 on-base percentage and a .655 slugging percentage as well over his last seven games. And in that time frame as well, he's got two home runs. He's got 10 hits in total. He's got eight RBIs and one walk to one strikeout. Kiber Ruiz is still one of the tougher hitters to strike out in all of baseball. you see his strikeout rate, is up there with some of the best in all of baseball. Kiber is starting to show off. He's starting to show off his talent. And really, when you talk about Kiber Ruiz, this guy's still young in his mid-20s. And also, he's locked up for the next eight to nine years. Keybert Ruiz is showing us something that we haven't seen over the last two years. The power ability, the clutchness and with his hits. Yesterday in that first inning, putting four on the board, having a two-run RBI double there. Kiber Ruiz has been electric for this national team. And in the middle of the lineup there, if you were to get Keybert to do this consistently, now he's not probably going to have a 900 OPS plus, whatever it may be. But he's still good. And he is still showing his worth up in the big leagues as well. Because there was a time where we were a tad bit concerned about Kiber Ruiz. Maybe I'm speaking for myself, but I was just a little bit concerned. Kiber Ruiz has shut me up completely. And that is the best thing possible. Because I always believed in the prospect of him. But it was just a matter of doing it now. And putting in fruition. And putting in the work. Kiber Ruiz is starting to do that and a lot more here with the Nationals. Stock down, this is not personal. C.J. Abrams. Listen, C.J. Abrams, your last two months has been electric. But over your last 57 at-bats, we got to take a step back here because you gave us that little carrot. You gave us the little bit of juice that you had in you. You saw all the potential of C.J. hitting bombs, getting RBI, stealing all the bases in the world. He's still sealing bags, but over this course of 57 at-bats for him, he's batting 228, getting on base at 290 and a 386 slug. That is way down from his slugging, which was up there in the 500s. His on-base percentage was up there around 350. CJ has just taken a slight step back here over the last few games, but striking out nine times in those 57 at-bats as well. He still has eight stolen bases. Listen, C.J. Abrams, don't change a thing. You've been hot. You're playing good defense, but you got to get back to your last approach. I don't know what the difference is. Maybe you're just going up against strong pitch, pitching and all that fun stuff. But C.J. Abrams, not overall concerned, but you do have a stock down once you gave us those expectations. So stock down for C.J. Abrams. I'm not worried about it one single bit. Stock up for Mr. Stone. Garrett. And I'm really starting to think about Stone Garrett here. If you look at his slash line between righties and lefties, Stone Garrett, there's not that much of a difference. And in fact, right-handed pitchers over the last few weeks, he's been killing the baseball off them. And really just over the last month, two weeks, week, whichever way you look at it, see, not CJ, Stone Garrett has been very good for this Nationals team. And again, Over his last seven games is when he's doing the most damage. He's batting .407, a .379 on base percentage, and an .815 slug over his last seven games. And in that time frame as well, he's got two home runs and 10 RBIs in his last seven games. That's 27 at-backs, folks, and 10 RBIs and two home runs in that time frame. I remember talking about this earlier part of the season. With Stone Garrett, I needed to see power. I needed to see that slugging percentage up. And as he's starting to get more consistent playing time with Corey Dickerson out of the equation, you're starting to see the promise that Stone Garrett has brought us. And it's really starting to make me think, is this guy going to be a DH down the road? Is this someone that you can rely on in 162 games a year? Because everyone loves talking about his splits between right-handed pitchers and left-handed pitchers. If you look at him, He has an 800 OPS on both righties and lefties. That is well above league average on both those guys. And that's over the course of this entire season. Someone who has stayed healthy. So when he was showing a lot more power and with more playing time, he's showing a lot more consistency as well. I'm going to be intrigued to watch Stone Garrett going forward. It's really going to be interesting. Maybe if Victor Robles comes up, potentially, we'll just have to see there. But also with Alex Call. I like Alex Call. But if you're telling me right now, I want Stone Garrett in the lineup over call any day of the week, stock down for, you know who, Ildomaro Vargas. I talked about him a little bit on that first segment when I was talking about Carter Keyboom and what I expect from him moving forward. But as we sit here today, Ildomaro Vargas only has three hits in his last 25 at-bats. He's got a 120 slug and a 179 on-base percentage. That's not very good. And with Ildemaro Vargas, he plays solid defense. He's a great utility guy. But I would rather see Carter Keeboom at this moment in time over Vargas. And the reason why that is, we know what Vargas is. He's a good, solid utility guy. Switch hitting bats, someone who I thought they should have traded at this deadline because I thought teams would be calling on. But Vargas, it's not the future. And at this moment, for the next 40 days, I want to see guys who will mean something to this Nationals team down the line. And I just don't think Yildomaro Vargas really will. That's why I want to see Carter Keyboom in his place. Stock up real quick. for Hunter Harvey. Since coming off the IL here, Hunter Harvey has looked really good. But even before that, you start to look at his numbers. And he, earlier this season, the whole thing was command with Hunter Harvey. Well, over his last seven and a third innings pitch, he's walked zero batters and has struck out eight batters as well. The command has been spot on for Hunter Harvey, and maybe that IL stint was kind of that break that he needed because he got a ton of usage, especially over the first two months of the season. You kind of saw him run out of gas a little bit in June, and in July, he looked pretty solid. But over the month of August, since coming back from injury in particular, he's looked really good, and you're starting to see this bullpen come into fruition when you have him as your setup guy or seventh inning guy or even a spot closer every now and then. That's the kind of potential that Hunter Harvey brings to the table. And again, a former first round pick, someone who was a high tradable asset for those Orioles back in the day, he just never really panned out with them. But since coming into D.C., you saw it last year and as well as this year. He's legit. He's got the stuff. He's got the big, high velocity fastball. That's what you want to see from someone like him in his position as well. So stock up for Hunter Harvey and really for the bullpen as a whole as they have pitched Lights out baseball, especially in Sunday's game as well. Seeing Jordan Weems come in the game, Hunter Harvey, Mason Thompson kind of got roughed around a little bit. Hunter Harvey and Kyle Finnegan came in for the save. Really good bullpen performance now while, yes, Mason Thompson, Kyle Finnegan gave up that home run, whatever. They look good. They've been consistent you're starting to see a little bit more promise with this Nationals bullpen than what we saw earlier on in this season. Thank you guys again for making Locked On Nats your first listen. After this, it's Dylan Crews season, everybody. He has skipped high A Wilmington, and they have sent him straight to double A, and also a respected MLB farm prospect analyst has actually said that the Nats could be bringing him up in 2023. We'll discuss that after this. And let's get back into it as Dylan Cruz, the number two overall pick in the 2023 MLB draft, a top five prospect in all of baseball currently, has been moved up from low A Fredericksburg all the way up to double A Harrisburg. And as well, not only is it just Dylan Cruz in double A, Dylan Cruz, James Wood, Robert Hassel. Trey Lipscomb. The list goes on and on and on. And so far with Dylan Cruz, what we have seen is just pure gold. You're starting to see why this guy is such a revolutionized hitter in the game of baseball and what he did at LSU. You're already starting to see the impact in low A Fredericksburg. And you may ask yourself, why did they just skip high A as, as a whole and said, this guy is ready for double A. And well, the reason is, is high A, Wilmington, the Blue Rocks, has always been a tough hitter's park. Now, while I didn't really anticipate them to bring him up all the way to double A, I thought there was a chance of it. But considering what Brady House and James Wood, what they did at Wilmington this year, I thought they probably would have said, yeah, you're going to go to high A, and you're also going to kill the baseball. And it's going to put the league on notice as guys like Keith Law and The Athletic, they've actually said that, That is one of the toughest places to hit in all of minor league baseball. And as well as what Keith Law said, he was the guy who kind of hinted at the fact that the Nationals could potentially think about bringing Dylan Cruz up to the big leagues in 2023. Here was his exact quote. I infer from the move that they're at least considering having him see the majors this year. That was from Keith Law. Now, if you were to ask me, I don't think it's going to happen because at this moment, Is there really a point in bringing up Dylan Cruz? Is he ready? Absolutely. But at this moment, what's really the point of bringing him up? I'm just not really for that. I'm not against it either. If he got brought up, I'll be the first one there. I'll be the last one out. I want to see Dylan Cruz. I want to see everything he can do. But at this moment, what role does it really make going forward? Is it nice to get a cup of coffee in the big leagues? Sure but he's going to have to hit. I don't want to see this guy in the big leagues if he's struggling and really just bumbling around there. I want to see him hit for consistently and do what he's been doing at Fredericksburg. If he doesn't in Harrisburg, cool. Move him up to AAA. If he's doing it in Rochester and you just want to see what this kid can do later on in the season, why not? And if he does do that, the expectation for him to be is to actually compete for an opening day spot. And I think if you open up that door, In my mind, there's no realistic outcome that Dylan Cruz wouldn't be on that opening day roster if you were to actually give him a true competition with whoever it may be in center field. If it's Victor Robles, come on. Dylan Cruz is better than Victor Robles at this moment in time. He just is. He is. It's as simple as that. So if you were to open up that door and say, Dylan Cruz is going to have an opportunity to compete for an opening day roster spot, and you truly mean that, there's no chance he doesn't beat out and win an opening day spot and be a starting center fielder for this national team. There's no chance in my mind. But the highlight of this whole story is, and also there is a few more roster moves we'll get into a little bit after this. But you're seeing all these guys, the big time prospects that the Nationals have: James Wood, Dylan Cruz, Robert Hassel, Trey Lipscomb, who's in there in my opinion. All four of those guys are going to be in the same lineup every single day moving forward. That is an exciting sight to see, especially as you see these guys come up together. Because James Wood, the full expectation is for him to probably get the call up in September, get a cup of coffee here for a few weeks, see what he can do, see the power for ourselves, and then evaluate him moving forward. But also the expectation for guys like a Trey Lipscomb, who has been rising up prospect boards, who's been getting a ton of national attention as of recent. You are going to see all these guys come up together and really mesh as a whole. And as well as Brady House, who I didn't even mention over the last few minutes, is also in that conversation. A big gun, top five prospect, top 50 prospect in all of baseball, no matter which site you look at, to be honest. That's how good this Harrisburg Center seems going to be down the line. And the way that kids have been hitting there, I fully expect Dylan Cruz to have that kind of impact as well. But also, Johanny Morales, another 2023 MLB draft pick, was promoted to high A Wilmington. And if you look at his numbers, they're very comparable to what Dylan Cruz did in both college and as well as Fredericksburg this season. Yohandi Morales has probably been the Fredericksburg Nationals' best hitter outside of Dylan Cruz. And in fact, he has been. And also, Andrew Pinckney, the fourth-round pick out of Alabama, he also got the call up to High A Wilmington. This team and this organization, to see the early development from your young prospects, these are guys who were just drafted a month and a half ago. You're already starting to see the development in these guys and taking step ups in which what this team so desperately needed. They needed a completely reboot in this farm system. And as we see in the 2023 draft, it certainly seems as if, These Nationals prospects are starting to develop for their own. And Mike Grizzo in the front office, they've got themselves a farm system yet again. And that means so much for a team trying to rebuild and reboot the entire organization. Because this team needed it. They needed an influx of talent. And it looks like this draft provided them a lot of talent moving forward. And that means a lot for a team that's still in a rebuild. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nats your first listen every day. Again, tomorrow's show, we're going to talk a lot about Carter Keyboom and what I expect from him moving forward, and as well as the playing time. How much playing time should Carter Keyboom get? I'll be answering those questions on tomorrow's Locked On Nationals. The Nats have the day off tonight. Enjoy some time off from baseball as it's been a hell of a week. I'll catch you on the flip side.